Medium Wave and FM Stereo, this is National Radio 1. Hello. Hello. We're back. We're back. We're back uh, after a hiatus. I don't think there's been a hiatus. I think, well, the last one we recorded was... We recorded, though. End, end of April. April, May, June. Yeah, but when... you I thought you were releasing them like every two weeks. Yeah. So? But I feel like it's ages since we've done it. But does it... Is it ages... In posting time? Uh, well, the last one we posted was two weeks ago. Right, so two weeks, so it's not. Yeah. So anyone listening doesn't care. Right. Okay. Anyone listening doesn't care. But I feel, I feel like we should re- restate uh, the podcast uh, name. Okay. Uh, Can I Pod with Madness? Um, and we... Look at old issues of Kerrang. We look at old issues of Metal Hammer, and we just generally talk about stuff that we want to talk about. Yes. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I'd say that. Do you want to talk about what we've done since we last recorded, or what might have happened to us? Um, got COVID. We got COVID like three years after everyone else. Yeah. So it was. We're very late adopters to COVID. We weren't. We were the cool kids with the COVID, were we? And well, we did it when it wasn't cool, which is cool. I mean, that's in and of that's for us. I think that's what you'd imagine. Yeah, like, we did it when it was the least cool thing to do. Um, do you want to talk about where we got it? Um, well, we got it at a Steel Panther gig. Yeah, we went to see Steel Panther, um, and you'd imagine you'd get some sort of venereal disease. We were still panicking, but no, we got the COVID. So, do do you have a review of the Steel Panther show? The Steel Panther show was good. It was very good. It always is. We've seen them a lot. Um, And yeah, did not disappoint apart from the COVID. But that Um, was a couple of days later, though, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't impact the gig itself, but I'm still slightly annoyed at them for. Uh, facilitating my co-relivingness. Because we've been to other gigs, but like not in those sort of circumstances. Yeah, in arenas and in theatres where you sit down. You're facing forward, but not bump to bump in chairs. Yeah, yeah. And drunk people sort of swaying into you the whole time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. How many times have we seen still punk? I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know. (laughs) I think about six, five or six. I'd say five or six. Yes. Yeah. We also saw Winger. We did see Winger. Uh, did you enjoy the, the music of Winger? Uh, yes, apart from that they didn't play Battle Stations, which was what I was looking for. I was so. proper disappointed that we didn't hear Battle Stations.
Bill called banger that, isn't it? And it's, why wouldn't you do that, which is obviously on a soundtrack loads of people have heard, in a film loads of people have seen? Well, they're going with the popular things, and that's obviously not a popular thing. There's no way they they think this is really popular, so we're not going to play. Why would any band do that? So it cannot be popular with the British audiences, otherwise they'd have played it. I guess so, but it baffles me. Um, but they, they were good, you know. Uh, Michael Starr came out yeah. to sing some, something. Not he- I want to say headed for a heartbreak. I don't. Because... Uh, no, that's not when you say. Uh, well, headed for a heartbreak is definite, isn't it? I mean, we don't really have amazing knowledge of Winger, <laughs> of winger or indeed anything. Um, head, headed for a heartbreak. Yeah. Is that what I said? You said heading, I think, but close enough. Um, yeah, what's the Def Leppard talking about heartbreak? <laughs> or is that that? Yeah. Or is that, I don't know, that's Def Leppard. Right, in which case that's a line from a Def Leppard song. I couldn't sing the winger song to you. One last thing about winger. Yeah. Do you know what one of the reasons people think winger aren't quite as popular as they could have been? No. Is it in Beavis and Butthead? You know, they had that nerdy friend. Right. Called Stuart. Yeah. Like, he always wore a winger t-shirt and they reckon that sort of killed their popularity a bit. That's not fair, because they're three male fans of Dork, aren't they? But, like, Beavis and Butthead, like, one wore, like, an ACDC t-shirt and one wore Metallic. But... I think it was sort of shorthand for him being a bit of a a dork. I mean, they were they were dorks, though, weren't they? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't. If you're looking at Beavis and Butthead and thinking, "Wow, are we cool like Beavis and Butthead?" They weren't aspirational characters. Whacking off, <laughs> whacking off in my trailer. We should watch that again. Yeah. Uh, so this week on. Yeah. The podcast I've got for you, Metal Hammer. Did you read the music papers from the back and to the front? It's from October 29th, 1987. It is Halloween, right? And look at this cover, right? Cover story, Doro Pesh and Warlock in Hollywood. It's about them making a video, but this picture is not from the video shoot. It looks like they've done this because it's all Halloween image. But there's like literally no reference to Halloween in the magazine. So okay. I thought that was That's weird. That was a sort of notable. But uh, so we're almost sort of, well, when you told me about it, it was ages ago now, but you told me about halfway to Halloween. Yeah. That's a, apparently a thing which I didn't know about. So could you maybe imagine someone doesn't know what that is and that that would be a thing? Well, halfway to Halloween is. As far as I know, something celebrated by people who like Halloween and like home decor and buying um, seasonal decorations, that type of thing. And it's the halfway point to Halloween in January. I mean, but the title's sort of self-explanatory. I was just... Like Christmas in July. I was just amazed that people like Halloween so much that they do the houses up in June. Well, it would only really be slightly. It wouldn't be a big full right. 
it would be a um, like like Christmas in July. They'd have a Christmas dinner and watch Christmas films. Right, right. So they wouldn't you go the, the you wouldn't go the full hog. The main event. You don't want to ruin the main event. Right? No. Right. Okie doke. Right. So I've got a theory about this issue of Metal Hammer. This is like I think the earliest copy of Metal Hammer we've got. But we will we will get to like. Well, we're very, very quickly going to get to something that I think about this magazine, right? The suspense is good. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you won't, maybe you won't think the same as me, but I mean, a way to make it less exciting. <laughs> so, like, the main feature is Warlock. So, Warlock are a German band, okay. fronted by Duro Pesch, and I think a couple of years after this, their manager de- decided he owned the name Warlock. So then they went out just under the name Duro, but it was the focus was always on her anyway. Um, so I'm going to read you a little bit from this article, and you can tell me what you think. Yeah, so basically they're making a video for this song, All We Are. The first video that the band want to make is All We Are because of its hymn-like challenge. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this video actually because I remember ever singing the hymn and thinking it was a chant. But okay, we just listened to a little bit of it. I mean, they're German, so she. Sing, I think she sings in a German accent. To be honest. Well, she's German. We used to play this at um, somewhere we used to go on Saturday night. That place we used to go on Saturday night. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought I'd never heard this band before. But since I, I listened to this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, this has been fucking stuck in my head ever since. It's a earworm. Yeah. So anyway, that's the song. So a bit more from this article. Uh, the band are getting prepared for the shoot. Makeup artists work on the band. But you've got to say that they shouldn't have to do major surgery on Duro. The girl is a goddess among goddesses, a queen among queens, king of the trolls. Um... <laughs> there is an aura about her that is compulsively attractive, a video made in Hollywood by a face made for Hollywood. So, yeah, whatever. But a king of the trolls. I mean... It's, well, yeah, I don't get it. That seems a bit mean, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's obviously not meant to be, so I'm trying to work out how they think that's a compliment, but mm, um, obviously it is. So my, my theory about this magazine, because this comes up a few times, there's just such weird syntax and such a weird choice of words that obviously Metal Hammer is an international magazine. It's published in Germany and Holland and like a fair amount of European countries. And, but it feels like all the ones we've seen so far sort of make sense. But this one, it feels like it's been translated and then translated back, but not by someone who's got English as their first language. Right. Because there's, there's like peppered throughout this is just really, really weird things like she's the king of the trolls, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're going on about they don't like synthesizers. I mean, that's a, that's a running theme. Um, 
So next article. Actually, I don't think there's any there's any weird mangling of the English language in this one. So this this is about Aerosmith. Okay. So uh, you should be interested in this. Oh, I first should be interested. Uh, but they're one of your favourite bands. Yeah. I don't know if we ever established. I think we controlled it. Yeah. So there, uh, in West Germany, Hamburg, uh, on the Reeperbahn, which is like the sort of like saying it's like a sort of German version of Soho, so like red light district. Right, area. Okay. hence the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, would you like to describe the pictures? There's Well, it's a cartoon of a red light district. And, and Steve Tyler is sort of interacting with that one. Not Steve Tyler, is it? Well, that one is. He's pretending to kiss a sort of... Ass, ass of a sort of can can stripper type lady, and he's sort of smiling. Smiling, he's smiling at her. At a completely naked, painted woman. Um, by the time the clock hits five, the Aerosmith boys are pretty tired of doing interviews. All day they've been confronted with endless chats. The questions are all the same generally, and if the answers are all the same too, if they have to go over the Run DMC story again, they'll kill. So that's a, that's a bit of a weird yeah. use of language, isn't it? Steven Tyler wants a change of atmosphere and he has his own idea of how to get it. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's basically just, you know, large in it. But there's a... There's a story about the making of Poon and Vacation here. I don't know if this is going to make you not like Steve Tyler. Um so he told the story of how the song Ragdoll was made. It has an unusual backing track. I mean, stop with me if, you, if, you, if you've heard any of this before. Okay, quote, One day I brought these two girls into the studio. I asked them to take off their clothes. They had big tits. I told them to kneel down by the piano. You know which position I wanted? Then I drummed the rhythm of Ragdoll on their backsides. But before that, I had to tune the two girls for two hours. End quote. He laughed loudly at the recollection. Quote, I called them flesh bongos, by the way. After this, I went to the two girls and asked them if they'd like to appear on my album. They knew Aerosmith and they agreed without hesitating. I, I think they had their fun when I tuned them. When we recorded the flesh bongos, I made a mistake. Obviously, I had been hitting them a bit too hard and they started crying a bit. I told them to be quiet, but it didn't help. And for, I mean, this, this is the... This is the stuff that's been published. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we had to cut out the passage. Nevertheless, it sounds good. If you listen carefully, you can hear the naked skin. Nothing in the world has a comparable sound. So talking of Aerosmith, yeah. I mean, obviously, kind of in the news recently, weren't they? They announced their Peace Out tour. Oh, yeah. Their farewell tour. Um, and that sort of pissed me off a bit because we had tickets to see them. Yeah. It got delayed and it got delayed again. But, yeah, it got delayed and delayed, but they are old and Brexit and COVID. So as annoyed as you can be, you've got to Put some slack 
that we've not made it easy by having COVID and Brexit. No, that's true. But it was a bit of a shame. In America, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. They're touring with... Hey, you don't want to get on the plane to come to England to do a couple of shows when you can stay in America and earn the same amount of money and no one cares. Well, how old is Steven Tyler now? Let's find out. He was 50 in like 97 or something. Oh, he's 75. What are you going to be doing when he's 75? I mean, I'm not going to be banging on flesh bone goes. So someone tells you to fly to England when you're 75 or earn the same amount of money and just stay here. What are you going to do? I mean, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. We've seen them, it's fine. Yeah, we've seen them. We've seen them. You've seen them twice, haven't we? So... Yeah, touring with the Black Crows. Okay. Would you be interested? In, I mean, that seems like a good lineup. Yeah, I am not massively interested, but I saw the Black Crows twice. The first time was supporting Page and Plant. Second time they were on their own, and I think it was in Manchester. And the whole time they didn't speak to the audience. They came on, they played for two hours, they and then <laughs> just fucked off. Who didn't? The Black Crows. Like, like no. How you do in Manchester? Show me your hands. None of that. So, like, when Alice Cooper does it, that's part of the show. But when you're but even at the end, Alice Cooper, yeah, yeah, talks to you. Yes, it was such a weird experience that. So, the article about Rush. Okay. I mean, it's not terribly exciting. It's just Alex Lifeson. <laughs> but right, they're talking about this song "Time Stand Still," which. I seem to remember you liking this soul. I know. Oh, you don't. Wait, I know it. Yeah, I put that on a CD for you, didn't Wait, yes. Yes. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been listening to, to Rush otherwise. Uh, time Stand Still. Um, they're talking about... They're talking about they're not interested in making videos for their singles, but for a sort of... 70s prog band are all into sort of fancy and wizards and necromancers and shit. That seems really weird because it's you seem like precisely the kind of band that would want to visualise your music, but he's just saying, no, he wants to just play guitar and not think about the visuals and not be on MTV and stuff. Well, I don't want to that, haven't you? I just think, you know, if you're, if you're interested in sort of doing more sort of imaginative songs and you've... Yeah, that's songs. It's not videos. I don't know. I, I think they should have had some videos of wizards and shit. Should have, would have, could have. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah, they didn't do it. When when I saw Rush, right? So, you know, you know this song, it's got Amy Mann in it. And she's like a sort of Canadian... I mean, obviously everyone in Canada knows each other. So she's like... Canadian singer songwriter. Everyone in Canada. Well, you know, so that's why she's on the record, right? And she went on to be a sort of like she's. If you read Mojo, you'd probably be a But she's in the video because she's doing like all the backing vocals and stuff. And they showed the video when they played. Obviously, she wasn't there. Her stuff was just on tape. And like people were like whistling and whooping at the screen. It's like oh, it's like an old woman. Yes, <laughs> which seemed like the weirdest. Because you know, like, you know, that's just a video, right? Don't think I understand. Well, in the in the like 
in the video with Rush being Rush playing. Yeah. And then she's in the video because she's on the track. Right. And then people like, you know, whistling and right. whooping. And, yeah. I mean, like for sort of the Rush audience, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right. Got some letters. Okay. All right. Which are the letters? Um, Dear Dave Ling. I read with interest your album review of Alice Cooper's Raise Your Fist and Yell in October's issue. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about your opinions on said vinyl. I would query the fact that Alice has got himself a new female guitarist by the name of Kate Roberts. As your review clearly states, could this be a typesetting error or has Kane slimmed down and grown a huge pair of jubblies? As anybody who saw him with Alice at Reading would testify, this veritable man-mounted could hardly be confused with some feeble girly. Feeble girly, okay. I mean, Kate, Kane Roberts was like, he looked like Rambo. He was like right. a muscly guy, and I think he had a guitar that was like a, a machine gun. But what sort of made me chuckle about that is who is the main guitarist in Alice Cooper's band now? It's Nita Strauss. He's got a girl playing with him now, and obviously this guy... Amos in Sheffield Not finds he finds it utterly ludicrous the idea. Girls in bands. <laughs> Not a rock band. Um, so someone's angry with Paul Stanley in another theatre. Dear recently, yeah. Dear Paul Stanley, brackets kiss. I'm fucking furious. Yeah. I've just read the interview in October's issue. When referring to Guns N' Roses, you say, quote, the band had a few problems that I didn't want to get involved in. It's always interesting when a new band discover their cocks and claim to have invented screwing. So that was a Paul Stanley quote. Right, okay. Are you insinuating that W. Axel Rose tries it on with you, or are you just jealous of their youthful sex appeal? I wouldn't be surprised if it was the latter, seeing as you must be on the verge of collecting your pension as bus pass. How old would he have been at this time? Who, Paul Stanley? Yeah, 87, you said. In 87, yeah. Younger than us. What? So he's 35. Okay. So you can't, get, you can't get a bus pass at 35. No. Um, in future, please keep your petty opinions to yourselves or I'll send my granddad around to sort you out. I'm sure he could manage it without too many problems. He's been in a wheelchair since 1982. Yours angrily, an ex-KISS fan, Fiona Stewart, Dublin. All because they said something bad about Guns N' Roses. I think he talks about Guns N' Roses in his book, but in a, you know, they sort of cross paths. And... But not everyone has to like everyone. I mean, you know. I think uh, Axl Rose was probably dismissive about Kiss because he, he was dismissive about everything because yeah. he was Axl fucking Rose. Yeah. So there's an article about fantasy art, which yeah. I would have been very excited about today, okay. and I'm very excited. Right. Yeah, very excited about now. Um, now, I mean, for the for the benefits of the reader, yeah, or, or I mean, because it's not a fucking reader, is it? It's a listener. The benefits of the, the listener, we should describe that the uh, article is called Fantasy and Heavy Metal, and they've printed the word fantasy and heavy metal over a Merciful Fate album so that the word fantasy merges with Merciful Fate 
So you can fucking read either of them. Really good. It's brilliant graphic design. Um, so yeah, this this is quite an odd article because it doesn't really talk much about music. It just talk, lists a bunch of artists. Um, it's talking about Boris Vallejo and uh, Ken Kelly and yeah. So it's not about music. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's called fantasy and heavy metal, and it yeah, makes... but it's talking about album photos, isn't it? Album. Well, there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that it wasn't album covers. It's just, just sort of generic, not generic, but you know, there's a here's a picture by Boris Vallejo, but okay. um, talks about Roger Dean. Okay, and uh, I've met Roger Dean. Okay, I I tell the story a lot, but I've actually been in Roger Dean's house. Which is very exciting. With yeah, no, I didn't break in. Well, I just think that's worth stating for the record. So, so I had a I had a work meeting with Roger Dean in his house many many years ago. Yeah, and it was about something that didn't come to pass. And uh, I was all ready to take uh, my copy of Yes songs to get into sign it. It's like the best Yes album cover, and I just left it at the last minute. So I, I didn't pick it up, so I didn't take it with me. I thought you left it on purpose. Did you forget? No, I, well, I, I, it was in there, it was there, it was in the bag, and I meant to grab it oh, as I left, yeah. but I was here, I was freaking out about getting a taxi or whatever. Oh, dear. And I tried to keep my cool. Right, I'm hopeless when it comes to meeting people I'm, I admire. Are you? Yeah, yeah. So when we were in the house, I was I was freaking out so much, and I was trying not to be a, you know, a weirdo. But I ended up being more of a weirdo. And he asked me if I wanted a bottle of water from the fridge, or a bottle of water not from the fridge. And because I thought saying either of them would be too annoying, I said, "Can I have something in between?" That's so new. Yeah, that is so new. What did he say? He no. said, "I'm sorry, I don't know how to do." Well, I was freaking out. I thought if I ask for a cold one, it will make me sound like I'm dick. a dick. And if I ask for not a cold one, yeah, I'd, exactly. I was just proper freaking out, but low key freaking out. And uh, yeah, ended up not working with him. But he was a lovely man. Yeah. Uh, they talk to him about his Yes album covers. And there's just one little picture of one of the sections of Yes songs left. And another artist they talk about is H.R. Giger. Okay. Do you know about H.R.? I know the name. Yeah, he's the guy that designed Alien. And he did a bunch of, he did a couple of album covers, but he's known for that sort of really hyper disturbing, weird, nightmare shit. And they've not printed a single picture by him. Maybe he was difficult to work with. I guess so. I mean, maybe they maybe they couldn't get. Oh, they just put it in. <laughs> they just forgot. And in the in the centre pages, there's a poster. It's "Stranger in a Strange Land" by Tim White. Now that's a book by Robert Heinlein, and that's a book cover with no connection to heavy metal apart from the fact that Iron Maiden did a song called "Stranger in a Strange Land," but there's no reference to that. It's obviously a art focused heavy metal feature. 
Yeah, for that, that of it, it's not. But that picture in particular, I mean, maybe they just thought because of the title. Yeah. I don't know. I found that I found it slightly baffling, but. Review of Guns N' Roses and Buster Pussycat. Okay. Um, onto Guns N' Roses, who seem to have achieved a strong and manipulative power that will curse you and strike you blind if you're not interested in their modest musical outpourings. So, I think they're sort of it's a bit of a backlash against Guns N' Roses. I think they're sort of having to go at them. But again, the, the syntax of the way it's written. Is, is pretty bizarre. They have created a definite style that they can truly call their own with songs of intrigue and gutter life experience. But with a more cushioned and comfortable life lurking on the horizon, it's doubtful how long on they the can live. horizon, don't they? Mm-hmm. On the horizon. What did I say? Horizon. That's how you speak. That's how you speak where you come from, where I'm from. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle makes use of Axl Rose's powerful voice, one of the many different songs and moods. Not a bad thing because he does sound good in any one of his disguises. I mean, that makes it sound like he's walking down for us. Has he disguises? The same songs? No, I think it's just. Are they saying. Uh It's just very weirdly written, this. Um, there's an article about our old friends Ice Age, the Swedish theme, all female thrash metal band. Okay. And uh, I'm zooming from what we t- we talked about them, I think, in a couple of previous episodes. But the only real reason I wanted to mention this is because, again, the the, the weird turn to phrases. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, it's talking about a song called General Alert, which. It's, you know, I listen to it, it's about a nuclear war. A general alert just sounds like you're going to get a, like a Windows pop-up or something. Well, it doesn't matter. You can live living with a nuclear threat. I mean, it's all that. Uh, they've got a case, a case of cerebral death, which is a better title. Um, causing enough mayhem and thrashing to send any self-respecting Hetfield or Mustang fan to go running for a cold shower. Female-induced moshability has arrived. Female induced. I I liked I like the idea of female induced moshability. Makes sense. Um, well, there's moshability going on, and it's been induced by females because they are indeed the female. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit of female induced moshability from you. What the next? Ever next, indeed. Yeah, there's another there's another article about Guns N' Roses. They're talking to Izzy Stradlin. Now, there's a picture of they're talking to all of them. Um so this is again by Dave Link. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of mentioning this to, to their aides after the show. He was saying his opinion are a band who play some neat covers, look good, and do precious little else. So he Guns N' Roses. Yeah. He said this to their publicist. Like everyone else. By the, time, by the time he came to Metal Hammer's interview, this perfectly innocent remark had been blown out of all proportion. I mean, he's basically called them shit, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Um, so you're the guy who fucking hates us, right? Inquired Axel. Oh, why would 
I replied, this wasn't true. They'd just How not been as good as I'd been led to believe. How old is Axel Rose at this time? Uh, if he's in his, like, 20s, if he's any older than 29. Okay, he was born in 62. So... 25. 25, yeah. But I, I, I do... Behaviour from Axel Rose when he's 25. So, it's like, they make a slightly petulant remark. He just says, that wasn't true at all. They've just not been as good as I've been led to believe. And the songs were a bit weak. I mean, he's not... He's just doubling down, isn't he? It's not a sock I please him, is it? Have you heard the album he barked? Sure, I'd heard it. It just wasn't as exciting as the mini LP Live Like a Suicide. What did he think was going to happen with this conversation? They used to have a normal conversation with him. And this is where the point Slash comes in. Uh-oh. Oh, you think our songs are shitty. All in all, we're obviously doing something right because it's all going so well for us. Axel, I personally love our songs. The bottom line is this. If this were to all finish tomorrow, then at least I've still got on tape. I'm not writing this for you. I'm not writing this for anyone who listens. Anybody who listens to it, I'm doing it for me. If we like it, then I don't care what anyone else thinks. I think we're getting better all the time. We're pretty much hitting the nail on the head. It's not the easiest of tasks to conduct an interview under these kind of circumstances. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't chin him. So let so this is Axel again. So let's find out what you don't like about us. Put our record up against Poisons, which is better. Poison. Uh, well, that wouldn't be the right answer. What would say to his face? Poison, this is Axel again. Poison are also teen rock. We don't write teen rock. We don't write for the little girls. We like write our songs about the little girls. Oh, wrong choice of words. I mean, that is the wrong choice of words, isn't it? Um, so the issue ends with an excerpt from... Uh, the Def Leppard story, Animal Instinct. Not like uh, Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. Is that what Jerry based on? Yeah. I looked on his Wikipedia and it's a controversies. He was on stage at some point and someone brought out the Stanley Cup, which is like, what, hockey or something? No, I don't think it's hockey. So, uh, sport. It's some sort of sport. Yeah. Someone gave him the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Why they did this, I don't know. And then when he put it down on stage, because obviously he's trying to do a show, yeah. he put it down upside down and people were like absolute outcry about oh. it. But if you look at the Stanley Cup, it's a weird shape. Right. It looks right. like it would be the other way around. So well, uh, that's a controversy. Um, but while well, it's listed on Wikipedia. As oh, well, contra- then. Contra- Sorry, I'll take, I'll take it all back. If it's on Wikipedia. You could have filled that in. One thing. Before we go, yeah. before we sign off, uh, I've been reading Rob Halford's autobiography. Okay. By reading, you mean listening? Listening to, yeah. No, I mean, I was listening to Rob Halford's autobiography, which I thoroughly recommend. In fact, Audible should sponsor us because whatever sucking didn't. But for him, why isn't it? I think we need to be a bit bigger to be sponsored by Audible. Um, who, guess who? I'll tell you a few things about Rob Halford. And can, well, first of all, guess who he loves? Yes. Ah. He does talk about Kiss, right? 
He says they're not metal. He's very, very focused on metal. He says metal a lot. He says even though they're not metal, uh, he respects them. He toured with them and he was very excited to tour with them because at the time Gene Simmons was going out with Cher and he said, like any gay man, I'm obsessed with Cher. So, so he said he'd, he'd continuously make excuses to hang out with them in the hope of just hanging out with her for a bit. But guess what band other than Kiss uh, he loves that we like that we've already talked about today? Rob, uh, Rob Halford loves Steel Panther, right? Um, in fact, I think when he first left Judas Priest, he, he left Judas Priest by accident, um, kind of, but he formed his own band. And Satchel, I think, was in his first uh, band, like a, a pre-Steel Panther Satchel. But he said later on in their career, when he got back together with Judas Priest, they took Steel Panther out on tour because he loved them so much and he thought they were brilliant. He thought they'd do brilliant songs and he thinks they're really funny. Um, and he said loads, and he got a lot of flack from some of their fans because they yeah, thought they, should, that, yeah. they shouldn't be. But he also said when he did the, the, you know, the charity single that we were talking about, the Hearing Aid thing, he said the pers- people he was most thrilled to meet were Spinal Tap. He loved Spinal Tap as well. And he said when him and a couple of other guys from Judas Priest went to the cinema to see it, there were people walking out. There were metalheads who were like, you know, so pissed off they were walking out. But he said he loved it so much. So obviously, I mean, Rob Halford's got a good sense of humour because the books are really funny. Uh, And uh, audio. The audio book. Of the book. (laughs) Yeah. Are you... You cast in shade for people who listen to audio books. No, I'm not. Because they probably just... Like any normal person says, I listened to audiobooks. It sounded a bit weird though when you started listening. It's worse to say that I read it and then have me go, you didn't read it, you listened to it, and then you have to go, oh yeah, and then. <laughs> okay, well on that bombshell, I mean obviously we're never going to agree about audiobooks. No, no, uh, do you want to sign out? Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Yeah. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. We've got Instagram, we've got Twitter. It's not Twitter, and uh, yeah, peace out. Peace out. Like Aerosmith said. <laughs>